0: Trigger, an event or circumstance that is the cause of a particular action, process, or situation. This week we're talking about triggers, emotional, physical, real world fantasy. Those things that get under our skin and set us off. Or maybe the things that we just overreact to a little bit. Those things we call sin, but in reality are just dodging bigger issues. It's an interesting episode, so check it out. This is The Reckless Pursuit, a podcast crafted and created to dive deep into what it looks like to be a follower of Christ in a modern day world. We span topics across the board to seek out truth and to gain a deeper understanding of one another, to find common ground and answers to life's hardest questions.
1: We all have a story and a struggle, a calling and a conviction. Together, let's take a hard look at ourselves and effort to view what others see so we can be the best reflection of Christ possible. I'm Cody. And I'm Elaine.
0: Now, let's get reckless. Hey everyone, welcome to The Reckless Pursuit. This is episode 21, and today we are talking about triggers. Yes, those little things that just drive Christians nuts. And uh, yeah, so Elaine had mentioned a story briefly on the last episode about the lead singer of Under Oath, and we may be botching this story, and that's okay, you can go look it up for yourself, but basically was at a church, was being interviewed or was on stage, one of the two, and uh yeah, he was up there, and he had made the comment how he was effed up in the head, and he was trying to express like he was literally struggling struggling with suicidal thoughts and, and a lot of other um, uh, mental baggage, and he was approached numerous times after that, of how he needed to get his life together and not cuss and not be cursing in the church or at all for that matter because it was a sin.
1: But completely disregarded what he was saying about how he was effed up in the head and how he had suicidal tendencies and all the church was concerned about was the fact that he said the F word and not his mental illness.
0: Yep. And so we want to talk about that. We want to talk about triggers and these little things that Christians grab a hold of for who knows what reason. I think it just—the it the little things we're taught to be upset about, but in reality they cover up—a lot of times cover up bigger problems. So we were just saying how the story of, of the lead singer of Under Oath and how the church responded to that— we have put out some stuff in our Facebook community group. If you don't know about that, the information's below. We'd love to have you join up with our community groups where all the cool conversations happen related to this show and things we talk about. And we just kind of asked everyone, what are some things you weren't allowed to watch as a kid or allowed to listen to as a kid? And a lot of people came back with things like Harry Potter, and other people came back with, you know, well, anything that was rated R, of course, or. Like for me personally, I wasn't allowed to watch The Simpsons. Elaine, you have some.
1: I wasn't allowed to watch Harry Potter. I wasn't allowed to watch Teletubbies. But I was allowed to watch every Disney movie. Psycho. Psycho, yeah. Um my mom didn't want me to watch demonic movies. Uh, and I guess my dad didn't want me either, but it was mostly my mom didn't want me to watch scary movies, but I remember as like I was eight or nine and my mom said, Hey, let's watch psycho and Bates motel ended up being one of my favorite shows. And, um, on the other hand, I also wasn't allowed to necessarily watch sexual stuff, yeah. but anything with cussing or violence, any of that, like I was okay to watch.
0: Yeah, and and see, I was was allowed to, uh, I wasn't allowed to watch The Simpsons. Did I say Simpsons earlier? I don't remember if I said Simpsons or Seinfeld. I wasn't allowed to watch The Simpsons, but I was allowed to watch Seinfeld and King of the Hill and shows like that. I'm not really sure why. I guess there was just something about The Simpsons that rubbed my parents the wrong way, and that's okay, you know, but just interesting things. Kind of like people can't watch Aladdin, but they're allowed to watch Little Mermaid. Or
1: I was going to say maybe you were allowed to watch King of the Hill because it was based around real people and people are really like that. And I guess maybe because the symptoms isn't really
0: like super exaggerated. Yeah. Ridiculous. Kind of more sac like maybe a little more sacrilegious, maybe a little more um, insulting of just everyone. And
1: just kind of they're yellow Mm -hmm. for the most part.
0: Literally, they are yellow. Yeah. Yeah. I don't know. Uh, But so we want to talk about this and it's kind of more of a, a funny topic in a way because, like, some people be like, well, I wasn't allowed to watch uh, Harry Potter, but I was allowed to watch Aladdin. And while, yes, you may say one's a cartoon, but they're both about witchcraft. One's about a genie and a magic carpet and casting spells, and the other one's about kids going to school and performing witchcraft
1: and And a woman spells. running off with a homeless man.
0: Yes. And then you have things like um, The Little Mermaid, which is about a, a god— so, just a false god there. And you have underage marriage. And a witch. And a witch.
1: A sea witch. Yes. An octopus.
0: An octo witch. So, I mean, like, there's a lot of double standards in Christianity, and we like to grab a hold of these bandwagon terms. And in reality, I think, and it's maybe a big statement here, and that's okay, I think we make idols out of our avoidance of idols. And we almost kind of blanket sin into these little categories of like, oh, well, this movie is sin and that topic is sin. But other things are okay because, oh, well, that's a more lighthearted version of this or a more lighthearted version of that. Now, go ahead and shout this out as a disclaimer. For one, Elaine and I are not currently parents. uh, And so I do understand that in most circumstances, parents know their kids best, especially talking with minors here. If you're a parent and you have a ten-year-old or a twelve-year-old or a seven-year-old or a fifteen or sixteen-year-old, you've been around that kid your whole life, you know, and you you know your child. And so there are certain things like with me, and we're going to get into this uh, in tra- other types of triggers, but with with me personally, um, I personally chose not to watch a lot of things with sex and things like that. When well,
1: we it. collectively don't watch that kind of stuff, right.
0: Uh, And so there's nothing wrong with setting those restrictions on your kids. Um, My parents knew that most of the time when I was younger, horror movies were probably not the thing that I needed to watch, and they rarely allowed me to watch anything that was scary because I would have nightmares. And I would be up all night having nightmares about... I remember I watched Deeper's Creepers 2 at my aunt's house, and I was up all night having nightmares about that movie as a kid. And uh, looking back on it now, like, it's just a really stupid movie really cheesy but as a kid like it it was a trigger for me it induced nightmares uh one of my great probably my absolute most uh mentor in my life david told me that uh when he was younger he watched the exorcist movie and he said that it gave him nightmares to the point that he actually slept with lights on in his house for i want to say a month like, it scared him well, so
1: bad. And that movie really messed up a lot of people because of the content in the scary movie. Like, it's not just like, oh, it's a monster. It's a vampire. Like, it's it demonic. Yeah. And I know that was one of the reasons why my mom didn't want me watching demonic stuff because when she watched that as a kid, um, like, it really messed her up. And, like, I know um, later on, like, my mom had gotten involved with some stuff and, like, just really, like, Spiritual warfare and never wanted us to do with any of that. And I don't know. I love scary movies. Demonic movies don't really scare me. Um, like I'll, of course, jump scares scare most everyone who has reactions. Right. Um. But yeah, those kinds of movies. Sorry. No, that's not scary. <laughs> most of the m- none of those movies um bother me. But the movies that do bother me are the over-sexualized, stupid movies like Hangover and all bathroom humor. Like, that, that stuff bothers me. That stuff isn't funny to me.
0: Yeah. And so, like, what we're trying to go with this is it's okay to have restrictions. We're not making fun of people for having restrictions. The thing is we live in a society where, you know, some churches won't let you watch TV, but you can have a cell phone. You know, you have literally access. We give our kids tablets, um, but we don't talk about, or like we try to put restrictions on, like, I guess, silly things like watching Aladdin and stuff like that. And and I, we're in a world where people are, kids are being exposed. They're being exposed in schools, and it's sad. It's a sad reality. It's on TV. It's everywhere, but kids are being exposed, and we're sheltering children. And don't get me wrong. There's It's okay to have restrictions. Like I said, it's okay to like, to know your child and know it's okay for them to watch. And I think everyone should have some restrictions. But at the same time, we have to be careful of, you know, not if you don't understand what the enemy is, then you're not going to be able to diagnose if you're dealing with the enemy.
1: Well, and something that I think is so cheesy and so stupid, but I I guess there are people like this, is Katy Perry, for instance. Um, I watched her... Biography movie. I don't know what you would it's call. Biography. It. Yeah, um, a couple years ago with my friend, and like, if you don't know this, Katy Perry grew up in a really strict Christian household. Her music career actually started as a Christian singer. Um, and her parents were uh, Catholic missionaries. And I was watching the film, and they were kind of talking about how she had started with her music career, and they interviewed her siblings and her parents. And they said that they weren't allowed to eat Lucky Charms.
0: Because they're magically delicious.
1: Yeah, because they were magic. And I guess if you ate marshmallows, you'd become a Wiccan. I don't know. And that they weren't allowed to listen to Michael Jackson or watch the Thriller music video.
0: Yeah, because zombies. Yeah. Yeah, and see, like, and that's the kind of thing that I'm talking about. Like, I understand some people really struggle in those areas, and that's okay. But you have to know you, and you have to know your family. And so, like, me personally growing up, I had very few restrictions. I didn't have a curfew. I didn't have this. I didn't have that. And most of that was because I chose to do things. Like, I knew that if I were to violate certain rules, I would lose the freedoms I had. Like, if I uh, were to go out and do really dumb things and vandalize stuff or whatever, I would lose my freedom of curfew. I knew that if I would... Okay, so I added one card. Don't look at me like that. And it was an abandoned car. What?
1: Didn't you say you snuck into somebody's house?
0: My parents didn't know that Elaine until I was an adult.
1: <laughs> and then you d- dug up some cat's grave or something.
0: That was my friend, not me. Oh, but he she thought were there. there were drugs buried okay. under there. Carry on. Okay, so we were good at hiding stuff as kids.
1: Well, for the most part. Uh, for the most yeah. <laughs> part, I was
0: good. <laughs> we had our moments.
1: Every kid has every their kid. Moment.
0: Has. But and that's kind of what I'm going to say here. It's like you have to know your kids you have to know your family uh, and that kind of goes into other triggers there's triggers in adult life like for me um going into our marriage there was a trigger that whenever we were watching the movie the great Gatsby, and i think i mentioned this on the podcast one before. of my
1: favorite movies
0: yeah um i had a trigger moment where we were watching it and it was the scene about partying in one of the upstate lofts and there was a bunch of drinking and it was a trigger for me because of my past dealing with the parents that had alcoholism you know that struggles with that, and and I had a complete breakdown. And I just shut the movie off and got really clammy and kind of mad. And like we had to really talk about it because it was a trigger for me. It was a trigger to take me down into a really bad place. And it was kind of digging up.
1: But it wasn't the first time you saw this movie. Either. No,
0: it was it was the third time I had seen this movie, as a matter of fact. And uh in that moment, it was just a trigger, and it dug up something that I didn't know was buried there that I had thought was, you know, taken care of, but that we had to deal with, kind of like. You had your own trigger moment when we were going into marriage.
1: Yeah, whenever we were in Knoxville one year, I think I think we were dating.
0: We were definitely dating.
1: Yes. That no, was right after we got engaged because we went to go see your family for Christmas in Knoxville. And we were in the Smoky Mountains, and we were in the back of your dad's truck, I believe. Mm-hmm. And we were with your cousins, and we were looking like at nature. Wildlife. Yeah, yeah wildlife and stuff. And you had your camera out. And you found these two deer, a buck and a doe. And the buck was chasing the doe. And yes, I agree. This is an amazing picture of art and nature. He was but, pursuing the doe. Yes, he was pursuing, pursuing. Yeah, this recklessly doe. pursuing this doe. And Cody captured this moment. And it was, I guess, like, I don't think I remember actually seeing the deer or something. I don't remember. But the picture. Beautiful. The picture is like her tongue is hanging out, and she has this terrified look on her face. Like she is not wanting to mate with this guy, obviously, because this is like date rape. And
0: it's a deer.
1: (laughs) I'm just saying in my head,
0: this is how they do things.
1: But it really. I took you
0: for coffee. The deer chases the other one. That's how. That's how nature works. But she didn't act like like she enjoyed
1: it. I don't know. Anyway, you didn't
0: act like you enjoyed our first date either.
1: But I did. We ended up dating the first date. <laughs> anyway. This picture really bothered me because like the terrified look on our face of this person like chasing out at- or this buck chasing after her in my head. Like the things that do bother me are like fear of not being independent or fear of like
0: not having a say. Yeah, not
1: having a say, not having control in the in a situation. And it kind of reminded me of um like I said, date rape and which I've never experienced that. But like all of that bothers me and like men, um, not all men, but like in society, like we have catcalling and like men exposing themselves to women on like n- women obviously don't even want that. And it just really bothered me because I don't know why it just triggered me. And yes, it's a really cool photo. And yes, that's natural. That's their thing but I don't have to see that. And it just really, like, upset yeah, it's a trigger
0: for you. And I understand that. And that's what I'm saying. It's like sometimes triggers um, can be... We'll get back to the talking about, like, media and, like, things we're allowed to watch, not allowed to watch, things like that, and, like, setting, I guess, boundaries that way. But triggers can come in many shapes and sizes. You know, for kids, it may look different, and that's why you have to put certain restrictions. For adults, it's very much things that may... Dig up the past just because it reminds you of something else. You know, the brain is is very intricate and it strings things together in ways we don't even comprehend. And things as simple as a scene in a movie or a buck pursuing a doe uh, in rut, you know, can trigger different things. And and by the way, I'm going to use that photo as the uh, the cover photo for this podcast. Okay. So,
1: so, you can post it on social media.
0: Yeah. If you want to see this photo, it's, then go to I The agree. Reckless Pursuit. It's an
1: amazing photo. The but RecklessPursuit.com
0: I don't forward like slash it. episode zero two one. Unless you're already listening on the website, then you've already seen this photo. But, I mean, we have different triggers. You know, there are different triggers that bring up different traumatic things. There are smells in the air that remind us of a certain season or a certain place. There are certain perfumes that remind me of my mother's drinking. There are certain smells that remind me of certain moments in my life that are triggers. The mind works so interestingly with that. And uh, And we
1: don't even realize it?
0: No, we have no idea. We have no idea that's going on at all. But I think it's important for us as Christians to realize that these different triggers are happening so we can either A, address the circumstance, or B, put in place— the necessary precautions. For instance, there are certain things that trigger certain people to go back to old habits. You know, it's in Proverbs, as a dog returns to his vomit, so a fool returns to his folly. If you don't change the pattern, then you're not going to change the outcome. You know, if if you have an addiction yet you always take the same route past the same bar on the way home, then you're going to be tempted to fall back into that trap if you um have an issue with pornography and you constantly visit the same websites that you know have certain suggested things that can start trying to drag you back that way things like uh reddit and you know just some of those other uh, websites that you know that have the adult content sections you know the possibility of seeing that stuff is there and so it can trigger you to go back to that. And, you know, we are to be, we're called to be observant. We're called to be watchful of those things, you know, the, the watch in the night, the watchman to, to make sure that we don't fall in those traps. And it's also our job to help our fellow brother and sister out of those things and to watch out for them. And so that leads us back to media. Now, I think it's very wise to set boundaries.
1: I think everybody should have boundaries.
0: But at the same time, it's not so wise or not so important for us to make idols of those things.
1: To give power to marshmallows.
0: Yeah, that took me a second to realize what you were saying. It's about Katy Perry. I got gotcha. uh, you. You know, uh, my friend Justin told me one of the most wise things. We were children, so I don't know who told him this. It had to have been his dad. So.
1: Or God just laid it on his heart.
0: Yeah, that's fine, too. But he told me one of the most wise things, and it stuck with me my entire life. And we were literally like 10 or 11 And he told me, he said, demons are only as big as you let them be. They're only as big as the power you give them. So whenever those fear triggers start coming up in our life from seeing the scary thing or what have you, then basically it allows that to grow and to cultivate. You give it more authority over your life. If you are out giving authority to marshmallows and lucky charms, then you're giving the power of cursing over your food in a weird way, you know, whenever God said all things are blessed.
1: I mean, you're speaking that into existence you're speaking that food has more power over your f- faith in God
0: right you know like there's nothing wrong in my opinion with Harry Potter if you had tendencies of witchcraft then you maybe at that, right it. at that time in your life you may not I personally and I'm gonna go ahead and confess this on here there was a time in my life whenever I dabbled in witchcraft. Uh, There was a time in my life where I had walked away from church and pursued um, witchcraft. When I say witchcraft, I don't mean worshiping the devil. I mean there were certain aspects of, um, I guess, the occult that really fascinated me. And I still at the time was kind of interested in the fact, like I wasn't disowning of my faith in Christianity, but at the time I had become very interested in all of those things. And it took another friend of mine— to say, you know, hey, be really careful because you may think you're doing something that's furthering your faith and understanding, but you're giving place to something bigger than, you're, than you realize. You know, you're, you're letting something grow. You know, your, your fascination with the demonic and, and those other realms and things like that is actually stifling out your faith in God. You know, like there's some things that we will never understand, we're not called to understand, that's okay. And that really spoke to me. But we have got to be careful because we can turn our obsession with being particular into idols and it can actually stifle other people's growth. Going back to the story of the guy from under oath who had obvious issues, yet the church chose his one misuse of the F bomb. And I almost want to drop it just to drop like religious spirits in the house or something, but like, you know, like he's obviously struggling, you know, and that's just a word, you know, It's not anything that, like, yes, I understand, like, biblically, it's like, you know, you're, it says to, uh, you know, to not, not necessarily not, it says to be careful with your words. and. Well, saying
1: crap and dang. Right, it's where your heart is, you know.
0: You're speaking curses from your mouth if you tell someone, like, shoot fire, or dang you, you son of a biscuit, you know, those are all Christian cuss words, I think. Yeah, as a matter of fact, Tim Hawkins has, like, a whole bit on the Christian cuss words, you know. And, like, we we have these weird standards, like, oh, well, you can't cuss, so we're going to make these words sub out in, you know, instead of or in lieu of those other words. But they have the same meaning. They have the same heart behind them, you know, to say shoot and shit are the same thing. Let's be really honest.
1: Harry Potter, Aladdin.
0: Right. <laughs> and so, and I'm not sitting here advocating, like, go start cussing. no. Watch your heart behind what you're doing in the first place. And if you have a tendency to cuss, maybe try to change the attitude toward, you know, what you're doing versus try to subbing it out with other words. Um, If you have an issue, like most people should be able to watch fantasy and realize it's fantasy, right? Like, yes, Harry Potter talks about witchcraft and witches are associated with Satan. I understand that like witchcraft bad, Jesus good. I get that. What I'm saying is 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 it any different than going and watching Lord of the Rings? Because Yes,
1: because it's about Jesus.
0: Right. Christians love Narnia. Lord of the Rings, Narnia, all those magic. It's a magical wardrobe. It's a portal into another dimension. What? Yeah, I mean it's literally like the equivalent of what people Claim Ouija boards do, you know? Like, oh, let's open a portal into another world where there's this magical ice witch who wants to rule, and then there's, like, Jesus Lion who's going to fight against her. It's still using magic in terms, even though it's like, oh, but it's Christian, it's holy. No, it's it's the same thing. Yes, there was a Christian author, just like Lord of the Rings had a Christian author, and yet there's still um, demons in that. There's dark powers, there's Especially dragons. Especially
1: in Lord of the Rings, it's scary, some of that. works. Um, <laughs> elves, goblins,
0: dwarves, Seniors. magic, gold that possesses you.
1: Flutes that turn you into, like, have a trance on you.
0: Uh, rings that take you into another dimension. What else? An evil eyeball that watches you. A wizard. <laughs> Jesus but, is a wizard
1: But you have the Wizard of Oz And have Glinda the Good Witch And that's okay
0: And then there's flying monkeys
1: There's And that giant green power ranger looking dude Who's there.
0: actually a midget
1: That is not politically correct That's what they called him Isn't that an Oompa Loompa?
0: Okay let's get back on track here what we're saying is guys is like magic and whimsical fairy tales unicorns all that stuff is it's just it's it's fantasy and we give so much power to it yet let's think about what else we're doing let's think about what else we have going on how many battles could we be facing yet we're taking time to try and slay these petty ones. And I think it's because of almost like fear. Like we're fighting these battles. like what good are we as Christians to an outsider or to uh, maybe, uh, you know, someone who doesn't know Christ or chooses not to know Christ, you know? What good are we to sit there and bash them saying like, oh, you're a sinner because you cuss or because you drink. We're trying to throw these standards at them whenever I think God's up there like, just love them. And then with our with our kids and our families like yes if you don't want to watch uh, the exorcism that's okay like seriously that's fine but and even if you like have something an issue with Harry Potter okay like I get it it has a lot of witchcraft like maybe maybe that offends you and that's well, that's your business you know And like
1: I wasn't allowed to watch it growing up um but my brother was and he loves Harry Potter um which he loves Jesus too, but he loves Harry Potter and like has read all the books, read, watched all the movies and everything. And I think I have watched the first movie and the last five minutes of the last movie. And that's about it. I've never read the books. I don't watch Harry Potter because it just doesn't fascinate me. And it's not because I'm afraid of it or whatever. I just, that's not for me. I just don't like it.
0: And it's just, it's knowing... You and knowing your family. Just going back to that. Knowing you, knowing your family. Because the truth is, most people are able to differentiate between reality and fantasy. We understand these movies are fantasy. As a kid, I understood Aladdin was a fantasy. The Little Mermaid was a fantasy. Uh, Even things like The Babe with a Talking Pig. That's fantasy, it's not reality. Yes, kids are going to have imaginary friends. They're going to go play out things in their head. They're going to do all this stuff. That doesn't make them further from God. I don't think God is so particular on worrying that every little thing we do is going to lead us into this like weird state of damnation or something. Like
1: Something that um, I have also realized is that a lot of people I know That were homeschooled and grew up in a christian household that grew up super sheltered some of them ended up being like lost in addictions Mm -hmm. because they were so not allowed to do this they go off to college and then do everything bad as possible Mm -hmm. and then they realize like oh crap like why did i do this well
0: sure because the more restrictions you have like i said going back i'm okay with restriction But whenever you have such a rigid life, whenever you have no ability to do anything and you're sheltered from everything, it leads you to the point of wanting to go and explore those things and be even more curious.
1: Well, and if you don't understand it going in, you know, like as a kid, like... If you watched a movie and somebody was drinking, your parents can say, oh, this is bad. Like, this is what happens when this happens. Mm-hmm. And so you don't grow up and then go to college, join a fraternity, and then, like, become an alcoholic. You know, if you go into that knowing, like, I'm going to stay away from this because this can cause really bad things. But if you right. don't.
0: have an understanding. And and like I said, like, everyone has these things called personal conviction and going to like into, like, adulthood here. Everyone has personal conviction. And, you know, for me, I know things that I cannot do in my life that I feel God placed on my heart to not do. That may not be a sin for someone else, but if I were to do it, it's a sin to me because it's something I have given up to God. You know, alcohol, being what I've been through, is something I won't touch. I have no desire to touch it. And I know that me personally, it would be a sin. It's breaking a generational curse. To me, it is uh, is taking a stand for something I believe in, uh, which is, you know, like my family and and I've seen what it like I had both of my grandfathers, one my grandfather that's passed away, died of addiction. He was an alcoholic. My grandfather that is still with us uh, is a previous alcoholic. My mother, uh, and, like, it, it goes back. And so, like, it's something I had to give up to take a stand against that um, that generational curse in my family. I don't think it's a sin to go drink a beer. I don't think it's a sin to have a drink. Now, yes, getting drunk is biblically a sin. Okay, whatever. But casually just having a beer or a glass of wine at, at a dinner is not. But for me it would be because I gave that up in the same way of like if you gave up scary things because you knew it affected your spirit like my mentor David did like he still won't watch scary movies because he knows those put a check that he knows that will put a check in his spirit and will cause him to be distanced from God in a negative way and that's all we're trying to say here is know what those checks are don't just blanket statement everything some people cursing genuinely puts a check in their spirit so don't do it some people, that leads them away, like, you know, it says to be careful who you're around because you influence those around you, and it's a sin to influence someone in a negative way. And so, yes, as Christians, we're called to live to a higher standard. We're called to live to, um, to try to lead people closer to Christ. At the same time, when people are crying out in desperation, saying, I'm effed up in the head, let's not be so quick to bash the little petty sins that we have convinced ourselves are the higher priority. Because in reality, there are people out there who have things on their mind, on their heart, and they don't know how to convey that. And we bash them for for these little things when there's bigger problems, you know, going on. Like I said, in my opinion, and I know a lot of people disagree with this, that's fine. There's nothing wrong with Harry Potter. It's just fantasy. It's a book turned into a movie and it's fantasy. Yes, if your kid watches Harry Potter, they're probably going to go and have imagination runs where they're... They
1: may have that before.
0: Right, where they're riding an owl or, or you know, casting spells or whatever. Most people that go into that kind of stuff have a whole lot else going on. The problem runs a lot deeper than, that oh, I saw Harry Potter. been
1: involved with it, not just right. gave them another outlet to...
0: And you say, well, if they don't know about it, then they can't get involved in it. No, they're going to find out about it. All the friends are going to
1: watch it and read read the books.
0: We all grow up. We all learn. We all get faced with these things. And it's just going to uh, be there as a snare because we were never allowed to see it in the first place.
1: Well, and I think this also goes back to our episode about hearing from God. And if you, like you said, like if God has... A conviction on your heart of don't do this and like you have a strong conviction um then that's from god but saying oh you can't eat lucky charms like that is not in the bible god did not tell you that you can't eat marshmallows shaped as four loop clovers
0: and pots of gold
1: yeah like i don't know i just think that you just should have discernment in those things like if you have night terrors, you probably shouldn't watch scary movies. If you deal with, like, if you have had a past with pornography, you probably shouldn't watch sexually explicit movies. If you have a problem cussing and just is always negative, you probably shouldn't watch movies like The Departed, where they're killing each other and cussing throughout the entire movie, you know. But I think you... Like, should just be aware and know yourself, know your kids, know what bothers them, aside from just normal restrictions a parent gives on their kid.
0: Right. Everything can go both ways. You can make something bad out of everything. There was a time that the church persecuted music that had the minor chord in it because it sounded dark. Think about that for a second.
1: Or instruments at all.
0: There are some churches that persecute instruments because they're not mentioned in the New Testament.
1: But were they in the Old Testament?
0: All through the Old Testament. Okay. It is also not mentioned in the New Testament that one is allowed to tie their shoe.
1: Okay. Well, I don't know if they had shoelaces back then.
0: Well, they definitely had instruments. Okay. <laughs> but the minor chord was bad. Even in, like, not too long ago, the minor chord was a bad thing. Churches grab on things. Touching your hair, touching your ears. And couldn't let their hair touch their ears because that was bad. We grab a hold of these weird religious things to try to fight and try to push because we want to feel like we're making ground. But from an outside perspective looking in, it looks like a bunch of people just shoving rocks from one corner to the other. There's nothing being built. There's nothing being achieved. It's just pushing stones back and forth and then griping when they're in the other corner that they need to be pushed back to the other corner. And it's just a way of Satan to pit us against each other to get us distracted. I want to touch back on real quick um, about the triggers we were talking about, like even in adult life, and like you know we were talking about like me with the Great Gatsby and you with that deer photo. How do we help identify those triggers when they're coming up? Because those are real things. Those are more emotional triggers, and they're they're catches. There's still things that need to be addressed. Uh, sometimes it's laying something down. Sometimes it's addressing it via conversation. There's different methods based on what it is. But how do we help catch those things? Like for instance, whenever I was um, having the issue with The Great Gatsby, what did what set you off to realize like, oh, there's something wrong here? And like, how do we address that?
1: Well, I remember we were just laying there watching the movie, and we were talking. Like we both have had seen this movie multiple times, so it was anything new. And we just kind of had casual conversation. And then whenever that scene came on, like, it, you just got quiet and were super focused. And, like, I could just tell there was something wrong because, like, you just weren't acting normal. Like, I could just tell in the silence that there was an issue that yeah. you had never realized before.
0: Yeah, my body language changed. I got kind of clammy, if I remember right. And with you, with the deer, it was a little more obvious because you saw him just, like, genuinely disgusted. Yeah. But I think I remember in that moment, like, you paused the movie and, like...
1: Well, I asked you, you, I said, do we need to turn this off? And you said, yeah. And then I knew, okay, yeah, we need to talk through this.
0: I think it's really important for us to address those triggers. And, like, like I said, going back, I kept saying, like, learn your family, learn yourself. Well, how do we do that? You have to be observant. You know, if you have nightmares from horror films, like... You're not missing out on anything by not watching horror films. If anything, you're gaining your sanity. So They
1: don't do anything beneficial for you.
0: <laughs> right. You're just gaining your sanity. It's kind of like how I can't eat chick fil A spicy chicken sandwich. It's delicious,
1: but... It's not fun.
0: <laughs> it's not fun later. Let's just put it that way. Like, <laughs> you know, it's a, you know, Paul says all things are permissible, but not all things are beneficial. That's the thing we need to hold on to.
1: Well, and even like knowing your friends, if they struggle with cussing and that's not a conviction that you have, but you're around your friend who does have this problem, try to be more positive and uplifting and encouraging Mm -hmm. and And try not to cuss.
0: Even if you don't cuss, maybe try not to say, darn you, shoot this, you know, whenever someone cuts you off or whatever, maybe try to be a little more positive towards that, help change their actual... View of the circumstance versus just the word that comes out of their mouth. A lot of times in Christianity, we look at the problem on the surface and we try to, you know, put a band-aid on it. But in reality, if you dig down, you'll find the actual problem all along.
1: It kind of goes back to the under oath thing is like they're... The first problem that they see is, oh, well, he cussed. That's the problem. Just stop cussing or whatever. Right. And he's like, no, that's not the problem. Like, my mind is messed up. But they just completely disregarded.
0: Yep. Yep. It's kind of like the whole thing of, like, you're looking at the Hoover Dam and it springs a leak. And so you put a piece of gum on it and you keep putting gum on all the leaks, not realizing, like, sooner or later, like, cracks are forming and you're just trying to stick gum on the leaks. That's kinda like a lot of times our approach as Christians, sadly, is like we just put little patches on the surface level things we can see, but structurally something's going on wrong that we need to dig down and, and address. You know, I wrote a blog post a long time back called Grass on a Graveyard. Sometimes the grass grows right over the top of something that we didn't even realize was buried there in the first place and then it kind of starts stinking a little bit. And uh, sometimes you gotta dig it up and get it out instead of just letting the grass grow over the top and pretending everything's okay because the ground's going to, sooner or later, going to cave in on that.
1: Well, and, like, I mean, yes, some people have, like, convictions. They know that they struggle with this. They know this is a problem. But the whole thing about triggers is that you, most of the time, you don't even realize you had this problem and that this had never been addressed. You had depressed it through time or whatever. And I think the most important thing is just addressing it and explaining um, to the person that like oh this bothers me and I don't know why then try to process why did this upset you why did this make you you know uh, like offended or whatever and then working out the problem yeah
0: and just remember Jesus came to abolish religion you know Jesus is not religious and I think a lot of times Christians have a hard time because we get caught up in religion and it's easy to do but, you know, that was the Pharisee mindset. That wasn't Jesus's mindset. Now, yes, there are things that are obviously sin. There are things that we have to be careful for. There are things we need to be careful for. But we need to also remember that I don't think Jesus is sitting up there with an eraser, constantly scratching our name out and rewriting it. I think that there's a lot of things that we give too much power and authority to. Whenever we really We know it's fantasy. We know it's not reality. And we have to sit back and say, you know what? Uh, yeah I mean most movies aren't beneficial to our soul like Jurassic World is not beneficial to your soul neither is Big Hero 6 neither is Poltergeist neither but Walter is... Mitty is but it has the F word in it
1: you are looking over the entire aspect of that movie of Go Chase Your Dreams because it has an F word in it
0: it's against the Lord you should repent center. I do every day you guys you know where to find us let us know how you feel about this topic let us know uh, maybe some crazy things you weren't allowed to do or maybe some things that good reasons of things you weren't allowed to do we'd love to hear both sides of that find our Facebook community down below ask to join we'd love to have you we'll keep the conversation going You can find us pretty much anywhere social media is sold. Yes, I know. I said sold. It's okay. Uh, Find all that information below. If you haven't done so, guys, please go like this show, rate this show. Let us know how you feel about it. We want some honest feedback. And as always, be brave, be bold.
1: Be reckless.
0: We'll talk soon. This week's episode is brought to you by Cedar Temple Trade Company. Cedar Temple is an apparel and home goods line on a mission to bring curiosity back to the Word of Christ with fresh, modern designs. They desire to not just spread the Word, but to look good doing it. Their shirts are some of the most comfortable tees you could wear, and they're constantly adding new products and designs to the mix. Oh, and did I mention that Cedar Temple is actually Elaine's and my very own brand? Yeah, that's right. When you order from Cedar Temple... You're helping Elaine and I do what we love and continue in our very own reckless pursuit.
1: Because we are so thankful for all of you who take the time to listen to our show, Cedar Temple is offering a 20% discount on any single item you purchase. Head over to cedartemple.com and use offer code TRPPODCAST in all caps at checkout. That's T-R-P-P-O-D-C-A-S-T, all caps, at cedartemple.com. Now, go inspire.
0: All I know is we got to boycott. Popeyes, because they got that new voodoo chicken.
1: That's delicious chicken.
0: That's against the Lord. It has the word voodoo in it. Just saying.